technology has drastically changed the way we interact with our friends and families, but how about our money? On this episode of the Zing Podcast, we talk to John Brampton, CEO of Do.com, about the current state of financial technology. We'll learn more about the apps and platforms that are revolutionizing money management, bringing banking and investing to the 21st century. Think you're ready to turn your financial livelihood over to a computer? Stick around and see what you can and cannot do using today's financial technology. From beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan, this is the Zing Podcast from Quicken Loans. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Zing Podcast. We're back with another great uh, series of podcasts for you in 2016. Before we get going on today's topic, I have to tell you, I'm really excited to welcome to the Zing Podcast team our new permanent co-host and quite possibly one of the most delightful people I've ever met in my (laughs) life. She's the Zing Podcast co-host now, but also uh, the publisher of the Zing blog. Is that your correct title? Yes. So Miranda Crace. Miranda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sean. We're really excited to have you. So uh, are you excited to get going? This is our first one for 2016. We're really excited. Yeah, I'm ready. Excited. You, it's because we're all excited. We're all just... I'm, it's understandable. Just, I'm, I'm here. We're, we're yeah. ready to go. Again. We've got an excellent <laughs> guest today, which uh, I'm trying not to say we're excited about because I've said that already about 14 times. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, financial technology and basically all the crazy things that you can do money management wise with your phone or with mobile applications on the web. It's just nuts. Like I don't know about you, Miranda, but... I've got money and things that are being run by computers. Like, I I don't think I've gone to a bank within, you know, the past year or so. Yeah, I I don't think, even my bills, like, I don't remember when they're due because it's just, like, auto drafted from my account. Our financial livelihoods are on autopilot now. So is that scary? What are some of the things that are happening in the space? What are some things you should and should not do to help us answer these questions? We have a very special guest, Mr. John Rampton. He's the founder and CEO of Do.com. John, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So tell us a little bit about Do.com. So Do, we are a payments and invoicing company. So if you have bills or you want to bill somebody, uh, we help you out with that and we're, we're free. It's just another example of things that... You used to have like entire departments at companies that would, you know, send checks out and receive checks. Yeah. And now we can do it all online. Now, John, you're you're an expert in the space of financial technology. Tell me a little bit about, you know, when it comes to personal financial management, it seems like everything's moving online now. There are just things that we can do now that we hadn't been able to before. Uh, are we really in the midst of a financial technology renaissance? I mean, I, I would say yes. I mean, I wouldn't say we're in the middle of it. I'd say we're towards the end of it. No, uh, hmm. just <laughs> No, I mean, we're definitely moving online. Like, er everything is moving towards, you know, as you stated at the beginning of this, like, I pay everything online. When was the last time any of us went to the bank? Like, we we don't really need to go to the bank. We can deposit. I mean, literally, I take a picture of a check, and it deposits into my bank account. You guys, that feature has changed my life. Hasn't it? Just so you know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I I I work with a small credit union. I think their app is a little not great so a lot of times i have to take that picture like four or five times but still it saves you a trip to the bank that's crazy yeah it saves you that you know 20 minute trip i mean i think those and all the different tools out there that you know we're seeing you know one pop up every single day that helps us manage our finances or do something better you know it it just makes it our life so much more in tune and easier i always laughed probably like 15 20 years ago my mom always made me 
she like forced me for a month to carry around what are those things with the check like a little uh oh the little register booklet oh yeah yeah Yeah. register booklet and my mom was like you need to keep track of all your expenses and she's all if you do this for one month it'll change your life and i was like i will commit to doing this for one month if you pay me a hundred (laughs) bucks see incentives always work I literally told her she was a dinosaur. Yeah. I was like, why do I need to do this? Like, I spend the money and I can see it online. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Think of what's come by since then. I mean, just makes life so much easier. And, you know, I was that person that, uh, you know, I love technology, obviously. I, I'm, I'm huge into this. You know, I've got all these apps. I've got all these different ways of investing. But I was still holding on for some reason to the whole balancing your checkbook thing like I did I resisted auto pay for so long because at least I wanted to have the visibility into like how much am I spending on that like what the heck you know I, I yeah. spent that much on my target credit card so are we losing something do you think as a society or as people by just kind of automating all of this stuff what do you think John I mean it, it depends on the person that you are I feel some people need that some people need to be able to write down things and know exactly where they are at any given point of time without logging on. And some people, for example, my mother still writes down everything in her checkbook and, you know, and she logs on, but she needs that. Yeah. And it, it's that constant reminder. And I feel some people, I mean, that's why different tools work for different people. For example, what may work for you may not work for me because we are both raised and we we think of money very, very differently. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's wrong or right. It's just a different way that we work things. So let's get into some of the tools that are available right now, John, because, you know, I can spout off probably half a dozen. So when we're talking about money management, uh, finance management, investing, things like that, what are some of the apps that you use and some of the things that have really kind of revolutionized the way that uh, you manage your money? I mean, obviously, um, I've used Mint. Yeah. Uh, If you guys haven't ever checked out Mint, Mint is a great way to see exactly where you're at. It pulls in your bank accounts, your credit cards, and other information and tells you where you're at. You know, I've, I've used it over the years, and in the very, very beginning, I categorized everything exactly how I wanted to. So it works very, very well for me. But, you know, I've gotten to the point now where it's like my bank does a pretty – I mean, I bank with Chase. Mm-hmm. And they just – you know, I can see everything that's going on with my account, you know, on my cell phone on my computer, on different apps. You know, I have five different ways to do it, but I I guess I'm a little old-fashioned when it comes to that. I I use Mint just to get a snapshot of my overall, like, where I'm at. But Mm -hmm. I just log into my bank and see, hey, here's exactly where I'm at. Here's how much money I have. And then, you know, beyond that, I mean, I use a couple different tools for, like, budgeting and setting budgets, but more as, like, reminders to myself. Just to make sure that you're not going off a cliff when it comes to one specific line item in your budget, right? Yeah. Um, I think, too, it's more like so that my wife and I can stay on the same page. Yeah. So Because I feel so many marriages and relationships are are in bad places because you're not on the exact same page. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, typically one of the biggest stressors in any relationship. Thankfully, uh, you know, my wife, you know, when you're married, you you kind of hold different roles within the family union. And I would say that she is the CEO of the household. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, she runs pretty much the show there, but I am the CFO. So she divests a lot of that financial responsibility to me. But now, uh, to your point, John, we're finally getting to the point where it's like she's interested 
You know, she wants yeah. to know, oh, how many monies do we have and how, how much monies? are we spending <laughs> on things like that? So uh, we're using tools like you described to sort of uh, increase that visibility. So let's talk about the budgeting. You said there are a couple apps that you like uh, for yeah. budgeting. What, what, what do you like? You know, uh, I, of course, Mint, uh, that helps me budget a little bit. But uh, there's a thing called you, you Need a Budget. Oh, okay. That's, that's a pretty good tool. Uh, it helps you basically, you know, in months where we're a little thinner, it basically helps you live on the best amount of income possible. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe it's like, you know, 50 bucks a year, five bucks a month or oh, something okay. like that. And Mint uh, is uh, Mint is free, if I'm not mistaken. That's more ad-supported? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yep, it is ad-supported. This one that I use uh, costs a little bit, but definitely worth the money. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure they have a free version, too. Oh, okay. So that's um, probably ad-supported, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine that's ad supported. But it, you know, again, it's it's just knowing where where our money's going and budgeting. Again, like my, my wife and I sit, sit down usually about once a year. I mean, we'd love to do it a little sooner than that, but we just sit and write out, and then we put it online, you know, to to mix with our finances. But we break down our bills. Like here are every single one of our bills, mm-hmm. and here, like here's all of our things, and then here's how much money we have to spend. And we really focus on saving instead of spending. So really, you know, that's that sounds like a great tool for people that are really committed to want to stick to a budget. What about for people that are? maybe not at that level. Are there tools out there that just, or would you recommend maybe using Mint to sort of give you that visibility into, oh, by the way, you're spending a little much on uh, restaurants this month or something like that? Correct. Yeah, I'd use Mint. I mean, it gives you, it is one of the best tools out there to give you a snapshot of your overall financial situation. Okay. So before we talk about, um, you know, some of the trends within the industry, you know, one thing I've noticed personally is there's a lot of um, investment apps and tools that are becoming available. Uh, yeah. So what are some of your favorites? If you want to maybe, instead of, uh, I'm not recommending this, obviously, and we have a big <laughs> disclaimer at the end of the show, to, <laughs> but uh, instead of the traditional route, which is typically you you give all of your savings, essentially, that you want to invest in your future to a, a manager, a financial manager, a financial advisor yeah. of some point, but now uh, there's tools available that you can essentially just you know connect it to your bank account and invest. So w- what do you think? What are some of the ones out there that you're uh, taking a look at? Yeah, so ones that I personally invest with and I have money with is Wealthfront hmm. is a really, really good one. Uh, they help you monetize basically smaller amounts. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what the lowest amount, but I think you can invest like $500 and they'll make something of it. Um, it's very, very, li- it's basically little to no fees. You know, if you invest with a money manager, they're yeah. going to take a percentage and yeah. do this. Whereas Wealthfront, they do take a percentage, but it's more on, like, it, it's very, very little fees. But Wealthfront is a, is a great one. Betterment yeah. is another great one. Uh, personal Capital is one, though I've heard of them. I've never used them. Uh, but Wealth and Better, Wealthfront and Betterment are two great options that I've used and currently use and really, really like. So let me ask you this, and obviously you're, you're on the, um, let's, call it the forefront of technology. You're obviously some of these people, you're part of this group of people that feels comfortable sort of using uh, technology to, to do these things. What about people that are listening to this, John, and they're thinking, you know, there's just something about turning my life savings, my investment, my future over to 
a computer, to algorithms, to people that I can't really talk to. And what do you say to that? I mean, is that a legitimate concern where we're at with some of the tools right now? Completely. I mean, there's hackers out there that are going after things. There's there's always problems. And I think of it like I do bank accounts. Mm -hmm. I don't have all my money in one bank, just in case. I'm kind of a little skeptical in that way. Okay. And, and I, I personally diversify. So I do have a money manager. I do put money with an actual human being that's investing my money. I do have several different online. I'm not just one online person. I do invest in stocks and bonds. Like I do invest in real estate, which has nothing to do with online. That's mm-hmm. completely offline. So I would say diversify yourself. Uh, if you're really, really scared of that, Jump in a little bit. Put five hundred, a thousand dollars into one of these things and try it. Dip your toe in the water. You don't need to jump in and put your entire life savings in there. You don't have to gamble the farm. And that's one of the great things about a lot of these apps too, John, is that the yeah. uh, minimum investment amounts are usually pretty low. So instead of you know walking into one of these big you know, investment firms or something like that and handing them a check for, you know, five figures or so forth. You can start with a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's some yeah, great advice. Um, what do you see kind of happening in the industry right now in the financial technology industry um, that you're excited about? Is there anything new that you've seen happening or? I mean, uh, more and more online. I mean, that's truly what I'm excited about. The more and more people that trust online, it's going to help everybody out. The more and more money that's invested in companies like Wealthfront, like Betterment, like Personal Capital, like all these cool investment platforms, the more money that's invested in them, the more people they'll be able to hire, the better algorithms they'll make, the better technology they'll make, the more returns you'll get, the more returns they'll get. I mean, it will just become better and better and better. Yeah. So, you know, all these companies out there. Also, there's going to be new innovative companies. For example, like these companies, I mean, for example, like Wealthfront or Betterment, I don't even think they were, you know, available like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. And now they have billions, if not trillions under management. Yeah, that's a great point. And I feel like a lot of other industries have kind of made that leap into online, made that leap yeah. into this technological age. What do you think it is that held the financial industry back for so long in doing that? And I mean, now we're seeing a lot of innovation in it, but I feel like it was one of the last industries to really jump on that bandwagon. Regulations. Oh, yeah. By far. Yeah, regulations are killer in the United States. I mean, we have a rule for every single dollar. It doesn't matter where it goes. They have to, it has to be reported in 50 different ways and you can't, you can't give it away in a certain way. Like I can't hand you a dollar bill. I have to put it upside down in the palm of my hand. Like, (laughs) I mean, there's stupid regulations that, you know, aren't, aren't built for today's age. Uh, You know, some of our regulations that we're running into, for example, this is problems that I deal with at my company. You know, I'm dealing with regulations that were in the sixties that are, you know, limiting money. You know, you can only transfer this amount of money. Like, okay. That's not like, even adjusted for inflation, right? <laughs> that's not right? even adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Like a bank has to report every dollar over, I think like $3,000 or $8,000 or some small amount of money. And it's like, 
you realize like that's not a great deal of money. Yeah. yeah. The economy's grown a little bit. <laughs> you know, a yeah. cup of coffee isn't five cents and people aren't making $5,000 a year, you know. To that point, John, you know, since the financial industry has been a little slow, uh, what are some of the things that are coming up, like some areas of fintech uh, that maybe haven't been developed yet or we're just kind of starting to see some growth in there? Is there anything on the horizon uh, that you really think is going to be big in the years to come? So, I mean, there, there's a couple things. Um, first one, I won't go too much into it, is more on uh, like crowdfunding mm. and uh, being able to invest your personal money into startups and becoming kind of an angel investor. So I feel that's huge because that hasn't been available and, unless you're an, inc- an accredited investor okay. in the past. Um, so the availability for the average American to invest $1,000 into a startup is huge and will really help foster and bring about a lot of really amazing companies that wouldn't have been able to get the visibility they have without this money. Wow. Um, so I think that's going to be huge. It's also going to cause a lot of problems. There's going to be a lot of scams. There's going to be a lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of people are going to lose money but lots of people are going to make money. I think overall, it's a very good step in the right direction. And just like everything else, if it gives people the opportunity to invest in things that perhaps they didn't have before, I Mm -hmm. mean, that's great. Correct. Next big thing is, I think, cryptocurrency. And uh, more kind of, I I, I wouldn't say it's Bitcoin. Yeah. Like Bitcoin, I think, is... uh, a really good example of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. I think something in that space. I don't think it's it's Bitcoin, but it will be based on Bitcoin different technology. And the ability to transfer money from one person to another based on location, it, it's location agnostic. It's country agnostic. It's currency agnostic. I mean, uh, that's something that we're really heavily focused on at Do is being able to solve that problem because if if i was able to all of a sudden send a hundred thousand dollars to someone in india and they have it 10 minutes later that's going to change the world and since that's something that you do on a fairly regular basis i would imagine as a business owner like how does that process work right now you know it seems like you'd be theoretically be able to do that fairly quickly but you know right now even with the technology how long does something like that take you yeah so if if i wire money I'm going, so say I'm sending $15,000. Yeah. Say, say I, um, my son or daughter is in India mm-hmm. right now studying abroad. The only way for me to transfer money to them currently is to either wire or Western Union them the money. And if I wire, it's going to take at least five business days. <laughs> so it'll take two days to process on my end and three to seven business days on their end. Three, if I have very, very good credit, seven, and that's good credit on both sides, and yeah. up to seven if I don't. And it's going to cost anywhere from 25 to $150 on both sides to receive that money. Yeah. So, you know, the availability to get money, or I go Western Union and I pay a percentage, mm-hmm. which, you know, that could range from 50 to $250, $500 to send that money to the person. And what you're saying is with a cryptocurrency solution, that could be something that you just, you know, pop it in there yeah. and then uh, just hours later, minutes later, how does that work? Minutes, seconds later. Wow. I mean, 
basically I could send it and bam, it's in their account and they can withdraw it and it's in their account, you know, 24 to 48 hours later. That's going to be the future. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, I don't think they realize the significance of that because, you know, typically it's not something that you're doing every day, but when you do do it, you realize just how antiquated the plumbing is, so to say, to get uh, money from one place to the other. It's, it's correct. Yeah. We're living well, and two, like even more important than that. So the way cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain technology works is that transaction is processed on a million different computers mm -hmm. separately. So the, the ability to hack that, you, you would truly need to hack a million computers. Which is not impossible, but certainly a lot more <laughs> not secure. Not impossible. Than, yeah. I mean, but right now it's going from one computer to another. Yeah. And it's maybe being transacted in a few places, but it can be hacked, can be done away with. The security behind blockchain is amazing. And I think that's what will ultimately really help the world to really accept this and really, really jump on board. So you got us really excited about this, John. How, you know, if look into your crystal ball, how far in the future are we talking before this is something that uh, people are sending bitcoins or cryptocurrencies all over the place? Uh, you know, I would say before you say bitcoins or cryptocurrencies, people will not know how it's done. Mm -hmm. It will be based on that. But yeah. all they will see is money. a new cool company, yeah. do.com, obviously. <laughs> right, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. But a new <laughs> cool plug. company that, that makes it available to transfer money. They yeah. won't see that it's backed up by this. They'll just see, oh, it's secure. Yeah. I yeah. think we're one to two years out. One to I two years. Coming, wow. I think it's coming really soon and a lot sooner than you think. I mean, for example, like Venmo. I don't know if you guys have used Venmo. Yep. I mean, mm -hmm. They're a huge competitor to us, but they're, they're brilliant. They're a great company. They're owned by PayPal too. But like they have gone from from processing millions in transactions to multiple billions in transactions. That's just crazy. In, just because people want like another way years. of getting money from one place to another. Correct. And that and that and they're only available in the United States. Mm -hmm. Think if that was worldwide. Right. Yeah. Right. A lot of I these. Mean, I use it so often. Like, I feel like I use it on a weekly basis. Yeah. So, and, you know, Miranda, you're, uh, you know, there's a bit of an age difference between us. You're, you're more of a, a quote unquote millennial. <laughs> so I, I see a lot of people of that generation, like, instead, like, who would write somebody a check for rent when oh, you can yeah. just send them a. Yeah. yeah. The worst is when exactly. I owe my parents money and I don't carry cash. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't go to the bank. I don't go to ATMs. I don't have cash. And, um, so it's like I have to write them a check because they refuse to get debit cards. So they can't have Venmo. They can't have the Square Cash app. Like, wow, they don't even have debit cards, you Yeah, No, say? they won't get them. Wow. So they're one of those people that if I'm in line at the grocery store, they're writing a check or paying cash. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy sometimes to see those. So let me ask you this, Miranda, since we're kind of on the subject. Like, what, you don't have any problems with like security or, you know, kind of turning this over to, to a computer to make sure like you, that's not something that really factors into your decision to use these? No, not at all. <laughs> Which probably, I don't know, maybe that sounds No, bad, no. But... I, I think there's a generational thing there, John. Wouldn't you agree that, um, you know, perhaps people that are younger are having a, an easier time uh, acquiescing to this technology revolution versus older people, which may be a little bit more resistant to it. 
Dude, we're we're about convenience. We don't care about anything else. Yeah, that's honestly that's everything that's right true. there. Is it's so like, convenient if, to if it was unsecure. Yeah, we I think we'd still use it. You know, and that's the thing too about checks. If you think about it, like people are like, oh, you know, debit card. It's not so. It's like you're giving somebody a document that's got your bank account information, your address, right? your phone number, your like signature, and your signature. Exactly. Like, how is that more? I can or, go get a fake ID and. Go into a bank right. and drain your bank. Yeah. I have literally used that signature. same argument with my parents. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more safe about them using checks than me using my debit card. Did you get very far with that one? No. You know, if, if nothing else, maybe we can inspire a few of our listeners to take the plunge and get a debit card. You know, maybe maybe Venmo or Mint's not in your future, but, uh, you know, those cards are going. Uh, you got anything else, Miranda? Um, no, I think that's all. Thanks so much, John, for... For coming out and talking with us. Happy to help. John, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Once again, that's John Rampton. He's the founder and CEO of Do.com. We've been talking about financial management apps, cryptocurrencies, and the revolution in financial technology. John, it's been a real pleasure having you on board. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. So speaking of really cool financial technology, Miranda, you know, there's something pretty cool that we're doing here at Quicken Loans. It's called Rocket Mortgage. And it's the first completely online way to get a mortgage approval. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. So basically, we've taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts about applying for a mortgage, yeah. like getting your paperwork together, oh, finding bold pay stubs. the worst. I know, right? But we've automated the process. It's really simple, fast, and convenient. You can even do it on your phone. You know, and that's that's just amazing. It takes just like a few minutes. And when you think about all the dumb stuff you do on your phone every day, this is actually something really cool and really amazing. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or even buy a home, check out rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> Let's take a moment to thank all the folks who made the Zing podcast possible. Natalie Ness, our producer, Justina Kopaz is our project manager, and Leah Castile did everything technical. We also want to thank some folks on the Quicken Loans creative team, Rob Frapier, Heath Stouffer, and Sean Pavlishin. Rhonda McGill is our legal lady. Rhonda, where's that disclaimer you wanted? The persons or firms represented in this podcast are meant for informational purposes only, and the information provided is not intended to be considered as a recommendation or an endorsement by Quicken Loans. Please do your own research before making any decisions regarding the hiring of any professional. Equal Housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states, Nationwide Mortgage Licensing System number 3030. Don't forget about all the great stuff happening on the Zing blog. You can find hundreds of articles covering everything from home, money, to lifestyle by visiting quickenloans.com slash blog. You can also check us out on social media. Like, tweet, repin, and favorite Quicken Loans on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and Instagram. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Zing Podcast. But for now, from all of us here at Quicken Loans, this is Sean T. Johnston. And Miranda Crace. Thanks for listening.